Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. We are three super fans, and each week we watch an episode of Call the Midwife and discuss. This week we are discussing Series 7, Episode 4. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with aging and disability, substance abuse and addiction, underage pregnancy. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, we meet Mumtaz and Sadiq. They own a clothing business in Poplar, but are originally from India, and their relationship is the product of an arranged marriage. When Sadiq comes home with a young pregnant woman, Mumtaz finds out that when he was last in India, his family had set up a second arranged marriage for him, and the girl is his new wife. Mumtaz is deeply hurt and angry, and especially upset as she has never been able to have her own children. Sister Julianne intervenes and helps Mumtaz process her feelings and open her heart to Parveen, the young mother, to allow a new family unit to grow. Trixie is continuing to struggle with her drinking and has stopped going to her weekly AA meetings. When Mrs. Campbell gives birth, her husband offers Trixie a tipple to wet the baby's head, and Trixie accepts. Phyllis finds out about about it during a follow-up visit and confronts Trixie. Her intervention and some time with Christopher, just as friends, helps her realize what must be done. Trixie talks to Sister Julianne and is offered a six-month leave of absence to work on her recovery. Trixie accepts. Last, Sister Monica Joan is struggling, but it's Fred who realizes her problem is her fat failing eyesight. After much effort from Sister Julianne, Sheila, Dr. Turner, it's determined that Sister Monica Joan needs cataract surgery in both eyes. She is initially resistant, but Fred's wisdom and compassion help change her mind, and she agrees to the surgery, much to everyone's delight. Girls. <sighs> okay. Well, this one was a doozy, but I'm going to start off on like a very, very, very light note. So okay. I chatted with you guys a little bit before we started recording, but I have to tell the listeners. So I, so this is Sunday for us, obviously. And because of the time difference, you guys are in the evening part of the day and I'm kind of in the midday afternoon part of the day. So in an effort to try to be on my game today and getting the things done that I need to get done, I decided I was going to go grocery shopping for the week before we recorded it. Well, I just got also back from the grocery. Thing, just one thing, just to say. 
this is how committed we are to our podcast. We're not watching the brand new series when it's actually on because we're recording together. So we actually exactly. get this time to record this. So just, you know, just so you know, we're sacrificing that. We will watch it later on. You know, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll watch but, <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point. We're not watching it live. So exactly. carry on, Jen. Exactly. So I'm at the grocery store, you know, just meandering down the international aisle, as we like to call it. And I look down and I'm my eyes just were like, what? What am I seeing here? So I picked it up. I bought it. I come home. I'm I made a little thing for myself. I sent a photo to the girls. Barley water. I found barley water. Yeah, but both of us were like, hang on, that's orange. What is that? It's like a weird mixture between orange squash and barley water. And it is kind of a weird mixture. So here's the thing. (laughs) I I did the, you know, you have to have a kind of a ratio of like squash to water when you make this beverage. And so I, I, anyway, so I did the ratio and I was very careful that I kind of did a, like a four parts to one part kind of a thing and put ice and everything like that. And I had my first taste and I was like, huh, this is... (laughs) Huh. And I will say, so the orange, I think really helps because I have to admit if this was probably like original barley water, I would be like, I don't like this. But it's a, it's an interesting strain, but it's kind of strange drink. It's not, it doesn't taste bad, but it it's tastes weird. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't taste like horrible, but it's just also like kind of strange. And when I looked on the ingredient list, there's literally barley flour in this product. Now, I don't know how they do that, but anyways... It's in there. And and oh, and here's the question I had for you guys, which I actually forgot to mention beforehand. How much do you guys pay for a bottle of squash? Like a Robinson's any flavor squash? Oh, I don't I never buy it. Um uh, like one pound twenty? No, it's more than, it's gotta be more than that now. Is it? Oh, see, that's how, how often I buy I don't it. know how much it costs, but I reckon it's more than that. But you but you wouldn't think it's like three pounds for a bottle of squash, right? Yeah, three pounds. About three pounds? No, this one here, okay. one pound seventy-five. Okay. You can get it around that like this is Robinson's one pound seventy-five. So the bar own makes it around one pound something. Yeah. So, anyways, just to say <laughs> So the exchange rate to like dollars to pounds is always a little bit more in the pound favor. So I don't know what the exchange rate is right now, but usually it's like, you know. Yes, I've looked it up. It's t- it, Robinson's is two pounds for the size of, yeah. So a one pound in US dollars is about a dollar fifty-ish. I'm going to say, like, I don't know what today's exchange rate is, but it's like, let's say it's about that. I paid seven dollars and 19 cents no. for this bottle of squash. And I literally like looked at the price and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to pay seven dollars for this, but I was like, you know what? Dedication, sacrificing, I have to do it. sacrificing your taste buds. Apparently, I think yeah. the barley, as I recall, barley water is supposed to be like really refreshing, like quenching your thirst. I don't know if they think yeah. we're making it thicker. Do you regret? Do you regret that now, Jen? <laughs> spending that much. <laughs> You know what? I would do it again, but I'm not going to do it again, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, like I definitely am happy I bought it once, but I'm not going to buy I it I think again. I speak for all of our listeners when I say we are grateful for you, for your sacrifice. Yes. And yes. we're excited about the fact that you did that. And so you're trying it live on the podcast. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I do it all for you guys. And just to say, I put a lot of ice in my drinks as always. And now that the ice is melting and it's getting a lot colder, it is tasting better. So <laughs> maybe I just need to put a little bit less in there. Oh, it has kind of a funny tingling on my tongue right now. Oh, anyways, yeah, it's, well. There's something weird about it. I know what you mean, though. I was eating chips and this before we started. And I ate a chip and then I immediately had some of the drink. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Like these two things have to be kept kind of separate because it was giving me like a funky taste from the chip at the end of the drink. Drink at the same time, but 
you know, there's, I will say I love to, I love to try new foods that I've never tried before. I'm not a picky eater. I really do. I really do just like to try almost anything that looks even mildly appealing. So I'm very glad I tried it. And I will say I like squash of other flavors, like, you know, like a fruit punch, black currant, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's lots of flavors I, that I love. This one is just not my favorite. Speaking so, about different flavors, I've shared it on our stories today on Instagram, but oh, Lucy okay. Besh Designs sent us a, this, it looks amazing to be fair, I can't eat it, but it's fluff and nutter bars, the recipe to make oh, them. They look, I think I saw this on my social media. Wait well, a minute. Probably did, because a... I shared it from Recall the Midwife. <laughs> is that on our Instagram no, right now? Yeah. I saw someone making it on TikTok. Oh, really? Oh, wait, wait a minute. And it's obviously because my phone listened to us record the podcast. Yeah. And also, oh my God, I am going to make these. the podcast as well, won't oh. you, Oh, Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm going back. Oh my gosh, I'm going back. Yeah, so thank you very much, Lucy Besh. I've actually uh, added, I've done a thank you to her on our our Instagram. But me and my daughter are going to make that. Do I have so excited about making that. So, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lucy. Oh, you are a genius. Oh, I'm making this. I'm making this. I still have some fluff left over from our Fluff Nutter episode. I'm so weird. How much <laughs> do you need? Oh, you need a whole jar. Well, I'm buying another jar then. I'm making this. Oh. It does look amazing, to be fair. I won't be able to eat it, but yeah. Anyway, oh, right, should we get God. on with the actual episode? Okay, wait. Yeah, and before we start, was anybody in their notes, was anybody going to discuss the Russian cosmonaut? I've I've mentioned it, not a name. I was going to, like, just, like, yeah, just mention it, but I don't have any other thing about it. Why? Well, I just was, I thought I'll look her up and have a few facts. And then just read that she voted, because she became a politician, she voted for the invasion of Ukraine. So I think we should just not discuss her again. Yeah, okay, maybe, yes, I agree. Although, coincidence, after I watched Call the Midwife this morning, I started watching Apollo 13 on Netflix, so... Oh. I don't know. Maybe she secretly influenced me. I don't know. Oh, but no, I, think, I think not. Now, <laughs> the first scene on this today was a very, very pregnant Trixie. Do you notice how pregnant oh, she looked? yes. Yeah. She literally looked like six months pregnant. Like, there was no hiding it. it looked about flaming eight months. Well, and what was wild was there's later scenes where she's like reading the newspaper with a pillow over her tummy as if that's like a thing normal people do. And it's like, guys, the jig is up, okay? Like, we've literally seen full body shots of this woman. Like, there's no loose top. Like, did you see? I actually did write down my notes. Did you see the white and red striped yes. nightgown? Because this was the most untrixy like garment you've ever seen. Like, literally every episode she's in skin tight outfits. Like, and then she's all of a sudden wearing this very voluminous nightgown and then this very voluminous white shirt when Phyllis comes in to talk to her and like other things like that. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you guys, she's so obviously pregnantus. Like, just going now. back to the first female in space. It made me absolutely lull when Val was saying that she remembers her grand telling her that there were stones being thrown at the first female bus conductor. <laughs> and now there's a woman in space. <laughs> it's like, where were you? Where uh, were you? Like, what is going on in Poplar? Stones being thrown at a female bus conductor. Oh, my God. I mean, you, it's like, that's the most innocuous thing, too. Like, can you imagine people being angry that a woman's driving a bus? Like, Oh, no, bus uh, conductor someone who just collects their money and tickets. Yeah, they're just... Oh, yeah. it's not even the bus driver. No. No. Oh, for God's sakes. Somehow that's even worse. She was. Right, should we, go, should we start with something lovely and light, like the Garnies? <laughs> See, I don't want to talk about the Garnies, but well, I did want to say, because there's a bit, I, and I literally just said, let's not talk about her, but there was a bit, I don't think we're talking about her, but there's yeah. a bit where somebody's been interviewed and a, a man basically says that he hopes he can send his wife into space. Did you see that? <laughs> did you notice yeah. that bit? And oh, it, I missed that reason, one. 
And the reason I wanted to mention it, because I remember during COVID, there was, do you remember the, the Christmas, we all of a sudden we went into lockdown and yeah. we were, everybody was free to see each other over Christmas. And then all of a sudden we were in lockdown, but you could, so you could only see your family on Christmas day. So anybody who had plans to like travel to family had to cancel because they could only see them on the day. And I just remember this news report where this guy was being interviewed by somebody and the newsreader was basically expecting this guy to be outraged that he couldn't see his family at Christmas. And he was absolutely thrilled because his mother-in-law was coming for Christmas. And now she can <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, moving on, the Garnies. Oh, right? so Montaz is the wife that's been married to Sadiq for many years. Well, they've got a really successful business together. And mm-hmm. oh, oh, just broke my heart. Absolutely broke my heart. Absolutely broke my heart. Terrible. <sighs> Well, should we say what happens? So she's at the business and she makes a pointed comment to one of her employees, like one of the bosses is out doing something and the other boss is right in front of you. So you kind of get the sense right away that get they're a very equal it. partnership. Yeah. They have this successful business. Well, anyway, fast forward, it's 5 p.m. She goes home. You know, she's in the kitchen. The husband comes in. She's like, oh, how did it go today? Blah, blah, blah. Talking to him. And then he's like, um, yeah, it was good. But also um, I have something to tell you. There's somebody that's going to be here now. And she's like, what? And so then this young girl walks in very obviously pregnant like not truly pregnant like like nine months pregnant basically and it's like okay who's this and so is it the cousin oh cousin sure so she knew she knew she was coming but she but then he but then she's like well yeah and so basically he's like oh the last time i was in india like nine months ago pakistan oh pakistan oh i said indian intro we'll go back i appreciate that thank you you got the name right though jen I did. I did. So you you can't have it all. No, you really can't have it all in this life. So anyways, well, anyways, my apologies. I I just, I didn't remember that they had said that where they were from. So I apologize that I just assumed. But anyways, so the, so he's like, well, I was back there and my family said I needed to take a second wife. And so, oh, oh well. Your fam- I guess and I, your family agreed. So she's also yeah, your family, family. agreed to it. No, yeah. Nobody consulted either one of us before they kind of made this proclamation. But then I went along with it. I married her and I got her pregnant and now she's going to have a baby. And anyways, so... What's for Here dinner? she is. She's gonna live with us now. Yeah, and she, so yeah. she always knew that she was coming to stay, but she just didn't know that they were married and that she was pregnant with her husband's child. You think he he had a bit of time to warn her there, didn't they? Yeah, not so equal partners. Mm, yes he had absolutely what, plenty of time to say something there's a lot of t- things that angered me with this firstly he didn't tell her that he'd taken a second wife yeah yep. he <laughs> says that it, it's not something that he chose it was it was kind of thrust upon him he didn't have to consummate the marriage yep yeah, absolutely absolutely and he could have told mumtaz all of this in however yep. many months yeah yeah because absolutely. he's had plenty of time so they could didn't... her family as well. Like I just find it mental that everyone must either speak her. on the phone or send letters to each other or what. And everyone's just kept her in the dark. This fifteen-year-old as well. There's just again, she's fifteen. Oh, when I found out she was fifteen, I was absolutely like, I I just started spiraling at that point. I was. And spiraling. you were not married to him. Like, can you just imagine oh. this poor woman? And she's also. Yeah. Then you've got the, also the fact that they've tried for kids for years and obviously can't have them. She, mm-hmm. she says this to Julianne, they can't have them. So then she's got this massive slap in the face that her husband yeah. who she's been trying to have kids with has now having a baby with someone else who's her and I think, old cousin. This is like something I, on 
Jerry Springer. I just think that is the biggest betrayal, the fact that they've tried to have children. And perhaps that's why his family has said you you need to take a second wife because they've not had children. Yeah. So maybe that is what's led to it. But I just think for her, it's just the biggest slap in the face, the fact that he's done this and now they're having a child together. But also she doesn't know how to feel. She she doesn't feel like... she says, our family's chose. I cannot blame you. I cannot blame her. And we learn to share everything, but we cannot share this. And it's just, how can she react to this? It's just, what is, there's no right way to react to it. She can't just, she'll be blowing her whole life up if she left. You know, she's built this successful business with him as well. It's just this yeah. horrible situation. Well, and and they do, they do make a very clear case that, that Mumtaz and Sadiq are in love. They have a very happy marriage. He's a very yeah. good husband. Like they're, they're completely, you know, together on the business and everything. Well, it gives I her mean, a bit of the ick as well. Cause she's like, when we were young, she was like, I was not barely 15 when I married him, but so was he. I think she's a bit like, this is, it's given her the ick in being like five oh, yeah. fifteen. And she's, now. she says that he's twice her age, so they, they must be early thirties. Yeah, exactly. I think older. Well, I I thought it I didn't I didn't think twice her he, she says more than twice her age, but I didn't think like he, they were forty. I thought they were like maybe Oh, I thought they were about forty. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't get that. Um, I'm but... historically terrible at guessing people's age. My husband laughs loads. I'm terrible at guessing people's ages. <laughs> um I was the guessing best thing I realised, like... I like the awkward moment when Val, so Val comes to Parveen in the house to kind of do like, you know, when they come and check the house out for home delivery yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Val does that and there's just the most awkward moment where she's talking about her mom and her family and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, oh, in that photo, like your, that's your cousin, yeah. And her husband, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and what about your husband in that photo? Oh, no, sorry, sorry. No, that's your cousin's husband. I meant your husband. She's like, yeah, that's the one. She's like, oh. Uh. She's like, uh, you know what? I'm just going to call Sister Julianne because I am way unqualified for this case. So I'm going to get my supervisor to come in here. And uh, yeah, you won't be seeing me again. But anyways, it's been really nice interviewing you. And <laughs> thank you so much for letting me in your home. So awkward. Oh. God, yeah oh bless yeah well and, and and when sister julian is kind of like hello hi you know and just you know i mean i'm like yeah you need the big guns for something like this because oh julian was sister julian was so good she oh, went to see mumtaz because mumtaz obviously is struggling loads yeah, and she's yeah. like oh talk about home delivery and she's like well it's my home not not bloody ears she didn't say that she didn't say that but she kind of <laughs> was intimating it with her absolute yeah. hostility yeah. and so she booked parvin to the maternity home to have the baby which i think is a very wise sister julian decision yeah absolutely absolutely well well when she actually had the baby was it but we'll talk about that in a minute but they had a really like heartfelt raw conversation about it as well and just i think that was it mumtaz was just so raw with it because she didn't she just she didn't know how to react but she couldn't really react anyway there's nothing she could do about it it's been done no Mm. but i did she says to sister julianne she'll never come to terms with it yeah and i just thought yes you hold this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but the same time, but same time, yeah. like as yeah, the, the husband's done this and it's awful for her. But you know, I would, I, I'm worried about a baby who's not real. But I'm worried about like a, the this fictional baby in the future. I don't want Mumtaz to take it out on the baby. Do you know what I mean? Living with, this I baby. don't think she. Based on how the story ends, I don't think she will. Yeah, I hope not. Oh, I'd I like think to think will, that yeah, this is yeah. their only child, and that he doesn't go on to have more children with her. Because once the baby oh, arrives, yeah. baby. I mean, absolutely, he should be. But I'm just, I just think. Well, so anyway, so Parveen was really struggling with the birth, and she's not doing so great. So Mumtaz went to the birth to help, and she was speaking to her. I've forgotten the language. I'm so rubbish. So she was speaking oh, to her. Oh, Punjabi, and, right? Yes. 
So she was like speaking to her and telling her how to do it. And it really did help Parveen because obviously she's also, you've got to think about it from Parveen's perspective. We're actually she's like, oh, she's 15. She's pregnant in a completely different country where she doesn't know the language at all. She's, mm. you know, she's having a baby at 15. It must be absolutely terrifying. So I'm really well, glad Mumtaz was there to help her with the birth. Girls, just, well, just for everyone. Just a, yeah. just one quick tiny thing. I actually, because I, I thought about the trigger warnings before we started and I, the the fact that, I mean, so this was where I kind of felt a bit of a, like I was bumping up against, you know, cultural sensitivity because I'm I'm not, I'm genuinely not sure how much arranged marriage is still a practice in, you know, these countries, but I, I obviously, I do want to be respectful of other cultures and everything like that, but it, I mean, I did find it extremely, well, I guess maybe a, a kind of a, I think a gentle way to say it is like problematic that this 15 year old girl was, you know, set up in an arranged marriage with this very very much 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 older adult man like it just it it was to me that was just very outside of what I would consider to be okay but um, I think it was supposed to be jarring I think they, they went with quite a extreme version for this for the storyline yeah but it just I mean like in any other context like you would use a lot of really like harsh words to describe what happened to this young woman and none of those were the way that it was in this context you know but at the same time I was just like what is the fate for this young lady like I mean she's coming to England it's a, it's a country where she doesn't she's not from there she doesn't know that place very well like is she gonna stay there is she gonna go back to her home country like is she gonna stay married to this man i mean she's i I guess she's going to stay married to this man for her whole life. But like, is she going to have a real marriage with him? Like, is he genuinely going to be, quote, married to both of them? Or is it going to be just a ceremonial marriage? And then she really doesn't get to have a marriage because she, you know, isn't, I don't know. It just like, it was just very, it, it, I again, I really want to respect the culture, but I just, I found it very upsetting. And like, for, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was a real quagmire in my own head anyway, but. It was, it was, well, I think, yeah, it very much was. There's a scene where Dr. Turner's talking to Sadiq and he says to him, Parveen is below the legal age of marriage and he does say which annoyed me slightly he was like but that doesn't concern me he was just concerned that she was a young mother but <laughs> i just great. thought she's below the age of consent never mind marriage yeah absolutely absolutely and i don't know how much she even really wanted to get pregnant in the first place because i mean like after the baby's born well i don't know maybe we're not even not there yet she's not full of she's not full of excitement like a first-time mum is she well, no yeah well, no. It's, well it's all very new to her isn't it so she had a little boy and Mumtaz was there and Mumtaz seemed taken with him at first. Oh, and yeah. And then they brought Sadiq in and Sadiq was just looking at him and then he was saying to Parvi, oh, well done. And she just walked off kind of like she felt she had no place there. Well, wait a minute, though. What he actually says is he's like, oh, this is so great. You know, like, isn't he so beautiful? And then she's and then he says, my son. And then he turns away from Mumtaz towards Parveen and has his back to Mumtaz. And then he said, our son. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then she was like, I'm out of here. Bye-bye. And just like left. And I was like, oh my God, girl, of course she would leave. Like anyone would. How could you not? Just that's so heartbreaking. Like it was so, it was so just casually insensitive of him to not think about that in advance. And I just, oh, well, that's, but I just that's just men. <laughs> but I just think Mumtaz <laughs> handled it so well, given the situation that she was put in. Yes. Yeah. He handled it so much better than I would. Oh, so yeah. I'd have been the most dirty one. 
Oh my god, yeah, I would not have been that graceful or compassionate or open-hearted. I mean, when Sister Julianne talked to her and then she got Dr. Turner to talk to her and Dr. Turner had this whole thing about he has a really unconventional family, but it's a beautiful family and you can kind of make the family out of what you have, even if it's not like kind of the tradition or whatever like that. And I mean, he he was actually very, very good in his in his kind of conversation with Mumtaz and Sister Julianne was like, open your heart to her, like blah, blah, blah. Like they both did amazing work, honestly. And Mumtaz, I mean... God bless her. She like really rose to the occasion, but it's the way he was like the miracle was we found a way to accept the situation. We built a family out of several different elements. Yeah, but you didn't bring a fifteen-year-old pregnant home that you hadn't told her about. <laughs> like a bit different. Bit yeah, different. exactly. Also, with no warning, for God's sakes. I mean, like literally, Mumtaz had probably like two weeks to to have this whole emotional evolution. Which I'm sorry. I mean, oh my oh, god. I mean, she I... did bring food for it, which I thought because obviously Parveen was struggling after the baby was born. Wasn't really mm. connecting with him. Didn't really want. Yeah. It's kind of like she was kind of rejecting the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. But there was a bit where because you said about Dr. Turner saying that they built a family. He actually says from several disparate elements. And yeah. I was really outraged because I was like, Timothy is not a disparate <laughs> element. And then I looked up the actual meaning of disparate and it just means different, unrelated elements. <laughs> things that are, Yeah, I misheard and, I like, and thought it was different. Yeah. Well, I was really outraged that he would, he would think of Timothy as person like that. But then I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's totally the right word to use. But yeah. also, we do have to say, we haven't mentioned that when Sister Julianne goes to talk to Mumtaz when she's at the factory and she cuts her hand on the sewing machine. Oh, oh that um, was horrible. That was but horrible. we had the Welsh, Sister Julianne makes her a cup of tea and we had the Welsh sugar. <gasps> oh, yeah. Sugared. Yeah. Also, my daughter way, walked I... in on that scene. You know, when the uh, of course she did. Of course, of course she did. She did. She's got the most amazing on. timing. And uh, she literally was like, "Oh, I shouldn't be watching this, mummy." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't." <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> also, can I just say the irony that she's called Mumtaz? Yeah, I know. Well, I thought that was kind of. I thought I, I, I didn't realize that... done it on purpose. Yeah, I didn't realize that was her her name. I thought that was kind of an affectionate, you know, like auntie like mother auntie or you know like something in her in her native language that was a more of a descriptor than like a name actually but I do feel that the age gap though is so great that you almost will see her being a mother to Pavin and her son yeah absolutely absolutely yeah I mean, to me, I thought, oh, Mumtaz is gonna take over as really truly the head of this household and like be the one to kind of quote Matriarch. raise this child and all that kind of stuff like that. Because Parveen, I mean, even if she does kind of step up to the plate, I mean, she's still 15, for goodness sake. I did wonder if they were kind of trying to say that Mumtaz's business was her baby. Do you know what I mean? That she's nurtured and... Oh, she literally said it. She's like, yeah, my, she... my business is my child. That's what well, we it wasn't that. It wasn't that... Uh... <laughs> it wasn't that cerebral what's the word it wasn't that intimated it was actually literal and I just totally <laughs> took it as my own thought no because it's, <laughs> it's the scene where he comes into their bedroom and she's just like I'm so mad I know da 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 and he's like we built this together like we do everything together like da 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 and she's like yeah and don't then get you... 15 year old girls pregnant together so yeah exactly that's what she said she's like well, we didn't do this together and then she like throws his hands away and everything but she said in that portion she's like yeah she's like the business is our child and I thought we were both on on board with that and then you went and did this and you know like what the heck I couldn't believe I mean I will say this like I was amazed that she wasn't more mad at him I mean even understanding the cultural you know mores of their situation I was like I'm like you're letting him off the hook like so much here come on I mean yeah but again you've got to remember it's not it's not 2023 
I know, I know. I just, I don't know. I just felt so bad for her. Same, to be fair. Ugh. So tough. I mean, ultimately, as happy an ending as you could ask for in terms of them going forward with what it seemed to be, you know, an opportunity to reconcile and make a, make the best of it. So, you know, good on them. But no, that one left me really sad. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I do hope All it right. works out for them, even though it's picture, but you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, Bex, what, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> Did we talk about Loretta Campbell? Because then that leads us into Trixie. Oh, yeah, go for it. So Loretta Campbell comes into clinic and she goes behind the screen and then we find her rummaging around in her handbag because she's craving coal. Well, that's quite a famous one, though, isn't it? Like you hear about it. Like, yeah. Is that really real? Like people yeah. doing yes, that? Yes, it is. Because it's got a name. It's and they Pika. say it in the Chickpeaca. It's where people crave, they're craving something that's non-food based. And I've got a list of things that people crave. And it's really like some of it. So yeah. you can have ice, paper, clay, dirt, soap, chalk, baby powder, ash, mm. cornstarch, uncooked rice and grains. This is the worst one. Hair. <gasps> oh, I don't know. String. All of them are not good. Cloth, paint. Yeah, cloth, paint chips, glue, metal and pebbles. Metal and pebbles? Are, I pebbles. think they're worse than that. I think I'd like ice out of all of them, please. <laughs> yeah, ice is fine. Uh, Do you well, know, my is, craving is actually is ice cream. Product, basically. Wait, you said ice mm. cream? Ice cream is my craving. Wait a minute. Are, is pika the term for something that's like a craving of a non-food item, though? Like a yeah. food craving is a food craving. That's yeah, fine. yeah. Mine was just a craving. Mine was not pika. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was gonna say I have, I have, I have pika really bad because I have eight thousand billion food cravings, but apparently <laughs> I don't. I just have, I just have a normal food problem. I will say, when I was pregnant, I've never known like a, it was like a compulsion. I had, I was like, I remember it being in the middle of the night, and I had, to, I said to John, "Look, I'm not being funny." I have to have mint chocolate chip ice cream right now. Go and get it. Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, we haven't got any in the house. You've eaten it. I'm like, there's a 24-hour garage, mate. Get to it. Well, like actually, what's funny about that is I had a friend who knew, knew her for years before she ever got married and had a kid. And then her first pregnancy, and she always did not like ice cream. Like, because, you know, summer we would be hanging out and I'd be like, oh, do you want to get ice cream? And she's like, I don't like ice cream. And I was like, what? And I love ice cream. So, you know, that really stuck out in my mind as like a thing about her. She got pregnant. She was like, you would not believe how much ice cream I'm eating. And I was like, a what and then she was like yeah it's just so cra crazy and as soon as she gave birth she didn't want it anymore see i didn't i liked it before well it wasn't like my go-to i'd have chocolate more than ice cream uh -huh. but, oh my goodness since i'd genuinely just i love ben and jerry's or whatever now like a vegan yeah. ben and jerry's is delicious yeah 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 I, it stuck just, with me it's just so weird i mean it really it that that kind of stuff really just makes you feel like oh my god like i've been body snatched like literally there's an alien that like took over and i'm not even where have you met <laughs> I'll tell you what, actually, <laughs> she used to go mental whenever I had strawberries, like kick the place down. But I loved strawberries. She loves strawberries. Like when I was, when she was in me, like she'd be kicking the place down when I had strawberries. Really? And really? now she loves strawberries. Oh my goodness. Well, they do say, because Loretta's really concerned that she's craving coal. And she talks about who, I don't know who it was, that she knows somebody who's absolutely craved strawberries during her pregnancy. And then her baby was born with a strawberry mark. Yeah, like some oh washing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she said during her first pregnancy, she loved marmalade sandwiches. Like oh yeah, and she's Paddington. like I, yeah, and she was like I think marmalade's disgusting, but that's all I wanted. But at least it didn't feel shameful to want that. To be but fair, she did look a bit of a oh, bed with a coal, coal on her face. <laughs> exactly. But my thing with Loretta was I was like like 
everyone would know you're eating coal honey bun because they're like anything with coal in it at all or charcoal at all is gonna make it is so like it gets on everything like her teeth and her mouth would be black if she was eating coal all day long like there's no way that that would be a thing also how do you even get coal now like where does where would you even get it in in modern times well we can we get it you still use it yeah, you get the coal man delivered it. You can buy it from shops and stuff. Like they sell it at garages outside coal. But you, I mean, and also this toxic? is in the 60s. You can easily get it. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess coal. Okay, sorry. No, I was getting confused. I was like, is that charcoal briquettes? But I don't think that's the same thing. No, it's not. Like a no. barbecue. Anyway. Well, anyway, Luckily, back to, back it, it to Lucy. Yeah, it didn't explained. cause a health issue. So then she, no. they're like, just keep eating it and it'll go away when you give birth. So don't worry yeah, about but- it. She was so lovely explain, explaining it because she was, she was just so kind and explained it so nicely and basically saying, yeah, you've got your facts wrong about drug milk. But also, you know, don't, <laughs> she, was, she was not, she didn't shame her or anything though. I think Mm-mm. could have been all yeah. sh- acting all shocked and made her feel awful, but she didn't. And then yeah. Trixie came to also see Loretta. Yeah. yeah. And so when it, the baby was coming, Trixie was there and she was relating to the coal eating, the compulsion and not being able to stop. There was this like scene that was just all, what's the word? Yes. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was uh, a. Yeah. Either not. It wasn't foreshadowing, but it it kind of had a. Well, it was just it, steeped in 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 Trixie's storyline too. Like there was definitely parallels between Loretta's story and parallels. Trixie's yes. dealing with addiction. She says you feel bloody brilliant for a minute, and then it begins again. Yeah, but she mm-hmm. has the baby. The baby didn't come out looking like a little chimney sweep, <laughs> <laughs> which I was quite sad about. <laughs> but. Her husband offers Trixie a glass of sherry. Yeah, and she takes yeah. it. She yeah. takes it. And that's not, I mean, Trixie, when she was with Christopher, she sat and just held a glass of champagne in her hand. I know. So that she didn't offend him because she didn't want to drink it. So, I mean, she's turned down drinks before. Yeah, but she damned it, didn't she? She well, did. She she had she had a glass of alcohol in her horrible nightgown at the beginning of the episode. And then she says, <laughs> oh, no, I'm on duty. And he's like, no, go on. Come on. It's like not even like that much. It's like barely anything because it was admittedly like a very small glass. And she was like, well, in that case. And then she takes a sip of it. And you can tell she's like, ooh, I, ooh, I don't, you know, like I, I'm doing it. But ooh. and then but she thinks probably like I'll just get away with it. You know, like it's not that big of a deal or whatever. And then Phyllis comes the next day and the husband is absolutely hung over over like to a million and, and the baby said not annoyed at all that she's been like this baby overnight and the other kids just yeah, like sitting exactly. there like oh he's waiting the baby said oh i came out it was such a state like what what <laughs> <laughs> well and then the wife makes a comment to phyllis like oh yeah like he started off this night of absolute insane binge drinking with nurse franklin because they both had they both had a drink after the baby was born and phyllis to her absolute immense credit was like oh okay you know like complete poker face and then she just asked you know like one other question and then she was like well okay and then she moved on and then well then she goes to confront Trixie and Trixie is very 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 quick to be saying I'm not a child or very high and mighty but she very quickly changed after the the front went down when she was like are you going to report me you know so she knew she was in the wrong she tried to she tried to double down basically but couldn't because she had done wrong well it makes sense i mean her being defensive absolutely tracked i was like yeah there's no way someone's just gonna meet i mean i didn't think she would just immediately crumble i was like yeah she was she obviously doesn't want to be caught out i think i'm just a wimp i just would immediately crumble (laughs) (laughs) well i always think i always crumble even if i haven't done anything i'm always like what What? wait oh i'm so sorry like what can i do (laughs) i'm like well you haven't actually done anything wrong and then i'll just cry and then it just (laughs) But I think with alcoholism, there's a lot of trying to hide it and... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
sneaking so you can have a drink and there's a it, there's so a whole dynamic the, exactly yeah. yeah and then at the best possible time that could ever happen who comes to the front door knock knock oh christopher dockerill that's what we need right now yeah was, exactly who you want to yeah. hear from your ex-boyfriend who who yeah. oh no i was like stay away she does like it's not doing it any good Mm-mm. i mean he does Mm-mm. help in the end but i think she would have got there <laughs> yes yeah. Look, I actually really did not have a bad impression of Christopher in this episode, but... Well, I like the way that Nurse Crane had forewarned him as well, saying what she does need is a friend. Yeah, because I do kind of think he was hoping to get back with her. I even thought he was kind of hoping to get back with her even later on when he was actually being nice, but I do think he was like, well, wait a minute, could we actually get back together? Because he even makes a comment about like, oh, I still love you. Like, none of that disappeared. And, and, you know, so, I mean, he was being a nice guy, but he also... also Is he being a nice guy, though? Because he's obviously... he asks after Alexandra and he says she's doing really well, well like she's but if he's gone back to his wife well we, like- we need we need to just cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Discuss this a little bit more because I actually have some questions. So Alexandra's doing better. That's great. I'm very, very happy to hear that. Alexandra. 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 But there's two references to Christopher's marriage, ex-wife, whatever, that make me think, is he really divorced? Because they say something about, how, like Phyllis says, you know, she like Trixie doesn't need like her this is not what she says but she's like Trixie basically doesn't need her ex-boyfriend especially your ex-boyfriend who's still married and I was like wait a minute this man is still married what the heck like are they, um, are they I, I, I thought so that confused. was weird I wouldn't I didn't know if they like didn't get the you know when sometimes with this discrepancies in the writing and stuff and you're like oh they said he was divorced but actually then in the next storyline it's like oh actually he's still married Do you know what I mean you know when they kind of miss that yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I just I just thought is this is this a way where the writers just didn't just didn't spell it out so then they had some wiggle room so then they kind of wrote and then you know basically what you just said yeah and i was just like oh, this is so confusing and then and then he says something later about them like i you know like being together and she's like no i really don't think that's a good idea like for a lot of reasons but i just thought what are we playing at like also like the thing is i did kind of like i said earlier like i did kind of get the vibe that he was trying to maybe get back with her even when yeah. he then realized like that's not gonna happen like i can't do that and if i want anything to do with her i just have to be like a friendly person but at the same time i was like christopher like you can't get back together the whole point of this is that you being separated is what's making it work. Like you had an intractable problem in your relationship, which is why you broke up. Also, I will say like, I did, I didn't think of it before, but I'm just thinking of it now. I did think it was weird that Alexandra, the reason why they got- Alexandra. Alexandra. The reason why they broke up in the first place, not to like put that on her, but I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, her welfare was why they broke up. Then was like, oh, I want to show my thing to Trixie. Same, same. And- like, why would this child want to do that? Like, she clearly is having mental issues because, and again, I don't mean it insensitively. Yeah, but, but I like, thought they were trying to intimate having... that Brenda, or Moira, Moira, not Brenda, sorry. Moira, Moira, yeah. Moira yeah. was just trying to make her life 
I, th- I think they were trying to intimate that Moira was kind of getting in Alexandra's head about Trixie. But one of the one of the when Alexandra's or a therapist, one of the reasons, one of the kind of conditions was that she didn't have to see Trixie if she didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Also, so I just need to shout out the fact that Jen just dropped the word intractable into a just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't and... shocked. Jet Bex, because I don't underestimate her intellect, but you know, you carry on. <laughs> I'm way smarter than I seem. That's the charm of me, right there. <laughs> oh, I didn't even phase me, Jen. Oh, no. That's how highly I, I think of you. Yeah, it, it, you just, it just blew right past you, right there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but talking about Trixie, I do need to, like, this is back at the start when and I would I don't know if this would have been a deleted scene for you but they're all sat around the t- this is nothing to do with her battle with addiction that well it kind of is to do with the breakup they're all sat around the table and they're talking about what their plans are for Friday night yeah oh that was a deleted scene yeah yeah and when they asked Trixie what plans she sister Julianne asked Trixie and she kind of has to make up all these things and she's and I just thought this is the most awkward situation because Trixie doesn't have any plans and I just hate being in that situation where somebody asks you a question and you just don't really it's like when everybody asks like oh what's new with you these days and I'm just like yeah, yeah just I'm just bumbling along do you ever wish well, well she said she was going to empty a nylon drawer and I, just one second I just wrote here when they was asking about free time, like I'm like, we've just cycled 65 miles around Poplar. I'll be bloody asleep after tea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say, though, can we just do a shout out really quick about this before you go into this, about Nurse Crane. She was going to meet with her Spanish pals for some Iberian snacks. And I was like, oh, yeet, Nurse Crane. So sorry, oh, carry on. No, I was just going to say, like, to your point, Bex, do you ever wish, and I definitely have this because I feel like you and I have this in common, like Alex is much more extroverted, but I, when I have those kind of situations, I just wish I could literally just say skip. Like, yes. you know, like you do in a board game or something like that, or like in a, in a whatever, it's just like skip, skip. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to explain myself. I don't want to, I don't want to do this part or like, I just want to skip to the next thing. Cause I want to, I don't want to do the activity we're about to do <laughs> or something like that. I think so. I feel like I'm, I think I'm at a disadvantage being so extroverted because I genuinely don't feel awkward and it's awful for other people because I say really awkward things <laughs> that make <laughs> other people feel awkward. I don't mean to like my physio broke <laughs> like my physio was like, Oh, yeah. you're doing really well. You don't need to see me for a while because obviously you're doing really well. And I was like, Are you breaking up with me? And he's like this young 21 <laughs> year old lad and he looked like he wanted to cry like I just looked so scared of me. <laughs> And I just say stuff. <laughs> and I just feel like I'm the exact opposite. Like I make other people feel awkward with my weird stuff I say, but I don't care. And I'm just like honestly, when he said when I said it to him, I genuinely was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Like, you know. <laughs> so, you know, count yourself lucky you're the ones feeling awkward rather than the well, people you know making other you people know feel funny. terrible. My mom is just like you, Al, because she will like love to talk to people in like so many situations that are not expressly social. And yeah. when I tell you that like, okay, like here's the classic Laura, right? We were shopping for my sister's wedding. And when I say we were shopping for it, what I meant is that we were shopping for our outfits to it. So my mom had to get like, quote, mother of the bride dress. And then I was kind of maid of honor but not officially because it wasn't that kind of a wedding so we were at the mall and we went into the store and she got this really beautiful like silk top that she was going to wear with like over a dress that she had ultimately is what we decided and but the you know the lady was like giving her all these options and like talking to her and then my mom was like this is what we're buying it for and my sister lives here and then this is my other daughter she came with me because she's in charlotte now and blah 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 and it just goes on and on and then by the end of the meeting not meeting it wasn't a meeting it was literally just my mom went in there to shop okay and then at the 
end, she bought the thing. And then my mom goes, oh, my God. And, like, and grabs this woman and hugs her. <laughs> and I do think that the woman was okay with being hugged. But, like, she didn't look like she was, like, oh, you know, like that. But at the same time, I don't think she was thinking that a hug was going to be they were going in this interaction. <laughs> and I said to my mom, I was like, and I kind of said a joke. I was like, mom, like, you have to, like, ask people if they want to be hugged. Or, like, you know, like, are you, I'm like, I'm like, are you okay with her hugging you? Because, you know, you can say no and everything. And she was like, no, 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 she's so sweet. It's okay. But I was just like. <laughs> My mom. So, anyways, yeah, I will say would that would not, not happen for me. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're not a, you're not a hugger. Also, you're by the way, hugger. you two, you you know, you need to say when people are like, oh, have you not done anything good recently? You'd be like, yeah, I've got a really good podcast about called Midwife. You should listen to it. <laughs> that's your that's well, your go to line. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on um yeah. Twitter threads. Everything. Yeah, I will say whenever my mum sees you, Alex, I say to my mum, don't hug Alex. She doesn't <laughs> like being hugged, and. <laughs> does it every time she does i don't mind like it's not like i'm like totally i just look really uncomfortable you, yeah. yeah you just like just it's not innate in me you don't have to defend yourself alex it's the normal thing it's not everybody is yeah. See, I, ju- I just hug you no matter but you what, are because... a hugger with your daughter it's not like you're a weird yeah you're yeah you're, yeah you're very very appropriately affectionate i think <laughs> well thanks right what are we talking about <laughs> we oh. talking about Trixie and Christopher and them breaking up and yeah. So you had your other questions. So you, have you done them all? Yeah, that was pretty much it. I just was like, "What's going on with this marriage, my dude? Like, why are you back here? Leave her alone. I know you're sad, but you don't go back. Come on." He was yeah. good though in facilitating her. He, he was rehab gym. Yeah, but I think he if he hadn't have driven her to the meeting, Nurse Crane would have driven her to the meeting. So he, she would have got there. Well, Phyllis she literally need... offered. Yeah. yeah. She didn't need Christopher coming mm-hmm. back, playing with her emotions. Yeah. yeah. Nurse Crane could have handled it. But there was the, the scene on the bench where he was like, I'm, she was like, I'm not asking for help. And he was like, but you need it. And she was like, yes, I do. Thank you for letting me say that. And I thought, well, you, didn't, you know, you could have said it anyway. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. She would but have also, said it to Phyllis. She, she did try and go, didn't she? And then took the bus. Yeah. She was like, oh, the bus is part of my routine. But then she couldn't do it. And then and then obviously Christopher has dropped her off the second time. Yeah. And yeah. that's the point where we see that her, like before when she's had difficulty with alcohol, it's always been that she's at the end of the night when the girls are getting together, she's always the first one to have a drink. And yeah. Whereas she, I don't think we've seen before where she comes back and she's got a bottle of vodka in a handbag and she sits in the bathroom and just downs vodka. Oh, that was I was so quite impressed sad. with how small the bottle of vodka was. Like, I thought she'd just gone for... But I suppose that's because she's trying to conceal it, isn't she? She's yeah. going to bring, like, like a, a massive like litre bottle. Yeah, they're, ne- they're never thinking, oh, value for money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Phyllis. So there was a scene with Phyllis after that. So she's gone to the AA meeting and she says, Phyllis, I am sorry. And Phyllis was so lovely. And she was like, well, you don't need to be sorry. She was like, well, yeah, I, I do need to be sorry because, you know, I'm not going to be here in the morning. I need to go and get myself sorted out. And then oh. Phyllis says, what, do you know the Bible phrase she says? No, I don't. But I it's didn't basically know it she, she translates it. it and she says, you can start afresh in the morning and you can, I promise you. She was so loving, so supportive, so absolutely bloody brilliant. I know, I know. Well, this week's episode, I felt, was just about women supporting women because you had yes. Phyllis yep. supporting Trixie, you had Mumtaz supporting Parveen, and you also had Sheila supporting Sister Monica Jane. Yeah. Oh, and seamless transition alert. one more thing on the Trixie storyline really quick? Oh, yeah. Okay, Julianne so was a bit, Sister Julianne was a bit salty with Trixie because Trixie was like, I really need to go somewhere. She was like, well, if you weren't going to say that yourself, I was going to make you. Uh, you yeah. can, you've got... 
you're getting six months leave um, and but you go with our love and our prayers and I thought oh. you know what she she was but at the same time I I I well I'm yeah I don't think you're not saying this but I appreciated that because honestly I mean well, she's oh got a patience like, to look after doesn't she do you know what I mean well yeah I mean like come on yeah like you can't be drunk or you can't be drinking while you're in that position it's just no it's not working not while you're yeah. oh yeah I just I, you know I thought it I thought it was I, I appreciated that she handled it so, with so much seriousness but then then to me when sister Julianne came around and she basically you know like said like put her you know I don't remember how it started but anyway she like basically stood next to Trixie and Trixie took her hand and then she basically just fell into sister Julianne and just started crying and they had this really sweet moment and I think sister Julianne was very caught off guard yeah but it was this really emotional moment where she just kind of broke down and oh really i was already sobbing girls obviously no surprise <laughs> it just got me also you know what else i'm, I'm grateful that trixie said well she was like phyllis i'm really sorry i put you in the position that i did because you knew and you didn't say anything and then that made you be at risk yeah. as well and it is important to take those kind of things seriously you know and so yeah oh, i was really i was really brokenhearted about it but it, it worked out, I guess. Should we go on to Sister Monica Joan? And can we talk about the sewing? Bex, I thought you'd yeah. really appreciate that. I love the fact that uh, Nurse Crane was saying her and Valerie are heathens while sewing as well. Because they were everybody... all doing that embroidery. Yeah, everybody was sat around doing tapestry. And that is literally me at the moment. I know, you're doing it. I was there last thing. weekend. It looks so good. She's very yeah. good. Yeah, she's really, really good, you guys. Really good. I mean, I would have happily joined them in that sewing circle. Even though you're a heathen. Even though you're a heathen. <laughs> yeah. So this is where we see Sister Monica Joan trying to get out of sewing and they're like, you know, we're already behind kind of thing. She's like, I've got loads of needles in my room and it's because she can't see properly. She's using yeah. the opening glass. Yeah, from Fred's shed. And she was kind of just admonishing Fred. Admonishing, mm -hmm. that's not no, a word they normally use. No, now I'm sorry to be the person that corrects people, but it's because when it people then listen and then correct us. So it's her magnifying glass that she's using. One day she sat out in the allotment and she leaves it on the bench. Oh, yeah. Fred then comes across it and he puts it away in his shed. Yeah, she's admonishing him for taking the magnifying glass that's hers. Yeah, yeah but that's right. I thought, sorry, I thought you said that it was Fred's magnifying glass. No, I did not. I said it was Fred's shed. <laughs> Then you'll find a play it back. So anyway. <laughs> Rewind. Fred was so good with her. Yeah. Oh, so Fred is lovely. His patience for her is really, really I know, but also he did the right thing because he went to Sister Julianne. Yes. He then in turn went to Dr. Turner. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what did he what did he diagnose her with? Cataracts. Your mom uh, my had mom's that? had the surgery for cataracts. She's just had she's just had both her eyes done. Oh, my mom had both of her eyes done a few years ago. I, I yeah. took care of her during it. And actually, it wasn't It's even... mimical work. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, can I tell you guys something, though? When I went in with my mom to drop her off for the cataract surgery the first time, the young lady, not young lady, adult woman, but like young adult woman. <laughs> you sounded so old then. <laughs> the young lady who was doing my mother's <laughs> surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably wasn't even that much older than her but anyways but she was talking about this probably were. And... <laughs> <laughs> rude rude i'm not gonna say what i'm thinking but rude okay and um anyways so she was talking to my mom about it and she was very sweet she was you know like trying to kind of you know make her feel good she's like listen she's like you know we're gonna do this eye first like let me just confirm with you that that's what you know blah 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 the whole thing she's like listen this is incredibly routine she's like we're gonna take great care of you you'll be in and out you know that kind of thing and my mom said something about oh yes da, 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 da. and then the lady said two things she said one in some countries in the world where they you know don't have the same healthcare infrastructure they do they have basically 
basically like a mobile van that drives around and performs cataract surgeries on people. And then they circle back, you know, like a week later. So like half their time is the surgeries and then half their time is checking up on people who just had it kind of a thing. Because it's very, you know, now they have a very like minimally invasive way to do it. And then the other thing was that they said that when they go into the surgery, the, the doctor has like a like a screen or a pair of goggles that are whatever like I don't know but anyways they blow up your eyeball so that it's the size of a basketball so that they can see like every teeny teeny tiny detail and do the surgery so precise because it's so big in their vision do you know do you get what I'm saying yeah they're not actually inflating it Alex Alex is looking like <laughs> they've literally taken the eyeball out like no it wasn't of- I was thinking does she think they actually take the eyeball out and inflate it <laughs> no no what I mean <laughs> that is- was my face like no they don't Jen. <laughs> No, no, what I mean is is that she's either like looking at a screen that is so big or she has a pair of like magnifying glasses. I don't know which, but she's has something where to her in her way of looking at it while she's doing the surgery, the, the eyeball looks like as big as a basketball. It does. Eye surgery just boggles my mind because oh, I, think about uh, the actual yeah, ins and outs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how I don't know how they do whatever it is that they do. All I just know is that it's like very routine and, and my mom came out of it just fine. I'm sure your mom came yeah, out of like it. It was like a laser. It's like a laser thing. Yeah, she was absolutely she it, it's changed her life to be fair. She can actually see. And um, I'll tell you what, this is so minor in comparison to the severity of cataracts, but I at my great age now have started to have to wear reading glasses. And if I could have a doctor just go boop boop and then You technically no, could, Jen. Yeah. No, you have laser eye surgery. But is that LASIK? Know. Is that what LASIK is? Yeah. But isn't that just for people who wear glasses or contacts all the time? Yeah, I don't know that I don't um, know that just know. natural aging would qualify me. I'd have to well, look have, a, have a look into it. I'm at the point where my sewing has tipped me over and I think I need to go and get glasses. I think yeah. you've just got eye strain. But you're doing it too I, well, no, but I, I did go and get an eye test and she said it's really you're really marginal and well, if you think you need them and when I'm sewing I think I do I think you need magnifying glasses Bex like I think you need reading glasses basically is what yeah. you need yeah because the thing is this like I I same age as you and I'm only like a year or two older than you but I'm just saying like it's only been recently that this has started but I already see my eyesight changing in that way where I'm like doing the thing where I'm like holding my phone like back and forth back and forth to see when the things will focus and you know that you just said the word focus let's get back to the podcast (laughs) so (laughs) i was on topic i was talking about cataract surgery it is it very much is so basically they actually managed to get sister monica joan because dr turner thinks it's cataracts but obviously they want to get her to see a specialist she was was really driving me crazy well do you know what maybe lol sheila takes her because she thinks sister julianne's in a bad books because she's trying to get her to go to hospital so sheila takes us and Uh she does the thing that's the kind of thing i do with my six-year-old she's like oh there's a there's a really lovely place where you can have it's called the Black Kettle Cafe. And you can have a lovely piece of cake. You know, when you're like there softly, softly catching yeah. you know what? We will go to hospital, but also after we'll go to McDonald's. You know, when you're like, <laughs> like we'll do the bad thing first and then we'll have a nice treat after and it'll make it all okay. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. Sheila was very Mary Poppins because she told she said so when she's trying to get ready, she was like, spit spot. <laughs> she was. <laughs> Although actually the, I'll tell you what, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna intimate who this was, but a member of my family recently had a vision issue, and then another member of my family was talking to that family member about their vision issue and she and the and the the person with the vision issue we'll say person a was kind of behaving sister monica jones style you know kind of like oh the tragedy oh the travesty what am i meant to do like blah 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 all this kind of thing and person b basically said to person a kind of what sheila did was like well if this is how you're gonna go like do we need to think about what we're gonna do when everything is not really working anymore like is that something we need to plan for because i i really am concerned about you and it was like all of a sudden it was 
was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, I, 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 you know, and when Sister Monica Joan got the thing from Sheila about learning Braille and using a walking stick and all of that kind of stuff, all of a sudden it was like, uh, wait a minute, yeah, let me I, rethink that, that this. That annoyed me because the Braille books, I thought that would be the catalyst to make her completely change her mind. It wasn't. It was Fred talking about the first woman in space. About I think God it was part creating of it. all of science. It was, yeah, but also God created science. And if, if you're rejecting God because you're rejecting, like it was absolutely ridiculous speech, but she took it on and she's a very cerebral woman. So that just confused me. But well, obviously yeah. she was already turning at it. You're right. I yeah, thought yeah. it was a genius move of Sheila to, and also you can't just Google Royal Institute for the Blind. Like Sheila had to do some legwork here. Yeah. Yeah, she did. That, don't you? I know. Also, like, I'm, I, I was like, how many books are honestly in Braille at this point? I mean, when was Braille invented? I, I hate to sound ignorant, but honestly, when was it? Oh, I don't know. I've just asked this question. I have no idea, but. We do this every week. We just sound, I was, I was editing the other podcast where we're talking about the Commonwealth. We know nothing. Well, the thing is, I mean, I know American Sign Language. Which 1821. Oh, well, you know what? <laughs> You know what? Call me out because honestly, I thought Braille was way, way younger than that. Because the thing is, like, like we say, like ASL, you know, like American Sign Language, you know, obviously people use Yeah, that we have ASL. Have... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Is well, it the... Okay. I appreciate that. No, it's not the same. Stupid, American but... Sign Language is different to British Sign Language. But, huh. Oh, anyways, I'm not going to say anymore. I just, I know I sound stupid, but that just really surprises me. <laughs> Becky's looking really confused. I'm 100% on this, Bex. I know, but it surprises me too because why is it not just the same? Why is American not the same as English language, to be fair? Well, why do we have to do change the spellings on words? Well, honestly, yeah, with why the program didn't America? we? Why didn't, but why didn't we just come together and just make a unified one thing of it for everybody? Grey. I don't know. That just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you'd think that would be like a way that because that if could I... be like an advantage, you know what I mean? Like if you know yeah. one, then you can talk to anybody across the whole world who has a hearing impairment and you use that that sign language. Also, I can communicate with Jen, who's an American. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be loads but... of similarities, but there is a difference between British sign language and American sign language. But can you imagine if you had the power to learn one language that literally everybody who was who knew it could speak like the world over and then like that could just be a universe i mean like i'm not saying that do you get what i mean like wouldn't it just be so nice esperanto if was... do you remember they tried to do a language called esperanto Bex? <laughs> no esperanto was a language that these politicians came up with oh when was it it was when i was little i think but um and they thought oh this is going to be the thing that unifies all humans like one yeah language and it was like a mixture of like english it was a constructed international auxiliary language I think it, oh no, it was 1887. It was not 1987, but there was lots of talk about it when Europe was all going on. And, oh, okay. Um, it's like a mix of lots of different languages. And uh, Esperanto, I just remember it being this big thing when Europe was here. It's like derived from Germanic, Greek, and Slavic languages with English thrown in there as well. Wait so, yeah. a minute. I'm just doing when was sign language invented? The 17th century. Yeah, so oh. probably, that's why there's probably, a, a, well, no, you weren't around in the 17th century. Wait a minute, hold up. The recorded history of sign language in Western societies starts in the 17th century as a visual language or method of communication, although references to forms of communication using hand gestures date back as far as 5th century BC Greece. I'm amazed. Well, you know what? I guess I'm not, I guess I am exactly as smart as I seem because, oh man, <laughs> gee whiz, what a dumb, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> well, I have questions now. So Sister Monica Jane was so, because she screams at the surgeon butchery. I know, she's so mad at and him. And it's just because it, she thinks it's God's will that she should go blind. Yeah, yeah, I mean, which like, come on, I'm sorry. They say, oh, she's not keen on medical intervention, but she was a yeah. midwife. Yeah. 
it, it's, uh, it's I don't know. Suit, it's just suit the thing in it. It's just super yeah, super. this this storyline really kind of annoyed me, honestly. I mean, so I like I, the way that Sheila was like, oh, I managed to get the doctor to keep her on his waiting list. Just because, like, doctors had that much power in those days. He'd be like, I'm not serving her. I'm not looking after her. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, I, I will say the only grace I really had for the storyline, because it, kind of, it did kind of annoy me, was that I thought, you know, truly when something happens to us you know health wise or age or related to our aging or whatever else it is really really tough to process um i mean obviously depending on who each of us are and like what it is specifically to us but i mean any anything related to that it it can be really really you know hard to kind of like you know just come to terms with it so i gave her i gave her that because i did feel for her in that way but i don't know just the way the thing that the thing that bothers me about sister monica joan is that like even with all of this she's just so mean to everybody who's trying to help her and then she never acknowledges that she's like really a pain about it and i'm like can well, you yeah, just go back and say thought. something you know? to anybody about like i'm sorry like i know you were just looking out for me but like i was really scared like can you just like be patient with me while i'm processing my feelings yeah like, but she's obstinate she- like we've, we've heard that about from the books we know that's what she was like I know, but it's just an annoying trait. Well, yeah, yeah tell me because about it. My husband's the same. <laughs> I do find myself a lot going back to people like one or two days later being like, oh, I'm really sorry. I've just been really hormonal. Well, that's fine. You say it. That's the point. I mean, even if it takes a day, like, you know, some of us have, you know, the ability like, you know, in, in a few moments later or even in the moment or a day late. I mean, we all have different temperatures at different times depending on what it is, but she never says it. And it's no, like, she- apologize for once for just being annoying and hard to deal with and a pain. And people were looking out for you and trying to help you and you were rude to all of them. Yeah not gonna happen no i know it's not gonna happen but i still just don't like it i don't i don't appreciate that behavior but anyways shall we do heroes and zeros yes girls i have my heroes and zeros i wrote them down i wrote them down i wrote them down in advance okay i'm so proud of myself like i really am so proud of myself okay my zero is sadiq for showing up with a pregnant 15 year old second wife and no warning that was mine yeah mumtaz i mean oh i just was like of all like i didn't really feel like there were any like true villains or anything in this episode but when i thought about it i was just like you did that to your wife on purpose because you were a coward like honestly how rude and how disrespectful to your relationship with her like even if you had to acquiesce to your family's wishes and you know all that kind of stuff like that and you went ahead and slept with this woman and like i mean come on i just oh i just thought that was terrible of him like honestly like husband jail for like at least a period of time okay my hero and i'm i'm gonna go on a bit of just a quick thing about this so I had a really long as heck week at work and it was a really hard week at work and people were really testing my patience at work. And one of the things that I kept hearing over and over again, both in my own mind and then like as I was talking to colleagues about the things we were all dealing with with people we work with, our clients, is, you know, like we have to help and support and, you know, provide resources and everything. But at the same time, people are allowed to do what they're going to do and they have to decide to make a choice to behave a certain type of way and like either they're going to better their situation or they're not. And so that was on my, that's on my mind like really heavily. And Trixie had an opportunity to either go one way or go another and even sister monica joan had an opportunity to go one way or go another and so did mumtaz same same thing and each one of those women i would say trixie the most and then mumtaz the most and then sister monica joan kind of because she was really you know like helped along but they made the right choices well at least i'm gonna say they made the right choices and they chose to do the thing that will you know ultimately be the best for both their lives and the people around them and it's hard to honestly step up and do the right thing and especially when the right thing is the hard thing and i just really 
gave it to each one of those women for doing it and not just kind of sinking further into, you know, a place that's going to lead only to just more sadness and ruin. So I know that's a bit of a very clear cut one, but I just was, I was really grateful that they made good choices and it's not easy in life to do that. So I wanted to shout it out. And we all have free will. So you know what? We have to remember that. And sometimes it is on us and responsibility comes with a price, but it's a price worth paying. Well, anyway, okay, I've got off my, I've got off my high horse. I, I appreciate you all listening. (laughs) Who was the hero? Just everyone, all the women. The women, the women who made the tough choices. Okay. So you've stolen literally any, all of our... Well, mine, mine was very like esoteric. So it's not, it's not as... It's it, fine. I mean, you still can have any hero you want. Who's going next, Bex? Me or you? You go. Have you got yours? Yeah. My you, hero. Never, you never go last, Bex. This is such a switch I up know, for I us. Know, I know. <laughs> she says saltily. <laughs> My hero is Nurse Crane. Yeah. Oh, she, good choice. She's an absolute boss. I don't think I really need to explain it. She was absolutely amazing. So supportive, yeah. so amazing. Love her. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. zero is Mumtaz's family. Oh. I was going to do, but I'm going to go with them because they had chance to warn her. They had chance to actually say to her, "Look, you know, I know it might mm-hmm. be difficult for you, but we're going to get your cousin, fifteen-year-old cousin, to marry to your husband of however many years. You know, oh. awful. Anyway, there you go. Mm-hmm. And here, I'm I'm this right. here. Yeah. Zero. Just Zero with Mumtaz's family. Bex. Oh, stop <laughs> listening to me at all. Yes, I, I did listen. <laughs> okay. My zero is going to be Christopher. Oh, okay. Right on. Because he did ultimately help Trixie, I know, but she would have got that support from Phyllis because Phyllis was dealing with it. Like she was aware of what was going on. She gave Christopher the heads up. I just thought you're not helping the situation here. If he has gone back to his ex-wife, he's basically betrayed his ex-wife current wife we don't know alexandra is showing signs of improvement but now he wants he's basically returning to the things that has caused all of the issues in the first place because he's just putting himself first instead of everything else yeah classic so he's my zero capital zero zeros and then my hero is gonna be so uh, yeah trixie nurse crane fred oh fred is a good one you and you love to call out fred for his good works because fred Fred just, and also just the way he dealt with, not dealt with her, because that sounds wrong, but he was just very patient with Sister Monica Joan. Yeah. I really appreciated that. And I just, well, I just, I just didn't choose Fred because I thought I'd leave it for you. Thank you. (laughs) Genuinely. Now, I've just got a few things to do before the end. To okay. a few bit of correspondence. So obviously, do you remember I said that I'd had a printout and forgot stuff and couldn't find it at the oh, yeah. uh, listener special? So yeah. Becky has tweeted on, not the our Becky, because uh, no, I wouldn't... actually does any work to do with the uh, call me back. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Raker over the coals, okay. <laughs> no, so Becky has tweeted us. No, Becky doesn't have Twitter, do you, Beck? No. Um, so she it. said, I am still desperate to know this. And it's a question she sent ages ago, and I did have it in our files and totally didn't mention it because I couldn't find it. So it says, question for you. What decade would you have liked or think you would have suited to work in as an Anartan midwife? <laughs> so which decade do we think? Do we think the 50s, the 60s, oh, 70s? Probably. Well, my instant gut reaction was like, this decade you know what i mean but then i was like well, wait a minute that doesn't count because they were they're not still there but and no. i always say this decade because i i just there's so much about the past that genuinely gives me trepidation to like think about really dealing with in terms of like the stuff they have to do hmm. yeah i question. couldn't have been one of the early decades did it start in the 50s or the early 60s 50s 50s 50. i couldn't have done it and i'll tell you why enemas well, <laughs> would not want to be involved with that newspaper on the mattress yeah 
Mm-hmm. Also, those rubber sheets that they also used, which and then reused. Oh. So someone's washing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, my issue is I couldn't be a midwife at all. Like I'd just be the world's <laughs> worst. I wouldn't get through training. I wouldn't be able to get through one birth. It'd just be absolutely awful. So I'd have to be something like an administrator. I'd be like Sheila's receptionist role in the doctors. Yeah. I'll I'll give myself way more credit than des- than I deserve and say I would go for um like the mid sixties to the seventies because you were our midwife, both of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, I mean, obviously, I have the perspective of history in terms of making the decision, but I think I would be willing to do it in a time where women were starting to get more autonomy and more rights in society, especially for their own over their own bodies and their own health. A la the pill, like medical intervention, you know, like laws being passed that gave them more, you know, like legal rights and things like that. I'd let um, unmarried mothers do it at all. I'd be there <laughs> as a receptionist, like gay. <laughs> I'd be like, you yeah, know, have fun. So yeah, so I'm gonna go for that one. I don't yeah, but it's 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 tough, honestly. I mean, I'll tell you who I, what I absolutely could not do, and I have the ut- utmost respect for, is young Sister Monica Joan in real life, who's literally doing midwifery in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and during yeah. the Blitz, and during the war. You know, World War II, yeah. and all of that. I'm like, I could never, I don't, no matter what I think about myself or credit I'll give myself, I'm like, oh my God, don't put me there. Like, I, those women are truly like, they're more than Marines. They're more than the toughest of the tough. Like, the things they would see and deal with, uh, oh my God, just absolute, like, unreal. So, yeah. And I think I'm with Alex, I'd be the receptionist because (laughs) even now at work, sometimes (laughs) I do help out on reception when needed and I love it. She texted me the other day and she was like, it's brill. (laughs) So you you guys would be like the Sheila and then I would be like, what is it? The nurse, sister nurse or mother, mother, sister or something. What's the job that Jenny Lee gets that Phyllis has? Like head sister or something? Yeah. I'd be that one, I guess, then. Yeah. Now, we've also, also I would had like to boss people around. So, yeah. We've also had a recommendation from Angela Thompson, who says she watched the Calend Girl- Girls yesterday, the film, and she said there was loads of Call the Midwife cast members in it. So, we need to watch that and recommend it to other people. Wait a minute. Say say what it is. The again? Calendar Girls. It's about WI women who do a naked calendar. It's it sold loads of now, copies and made loads oh, of money. I have okay. a story about this because my mum is in the WI. My mum's WI came out and their theme for the year, instead of the Calendar Girls, they they were the colander girls and what they did was they wore colanders like bras oh my god <laughs> they dressed all in black they were it wasn't literally oh my, but i was about they, to say <laughs> no they were clothes and then they all just had colanders as a bra on the, yeah you like can edit it. this no i like it oh, I, I like think it this is good. that is so funny oh my god i love it, colander. I love it. so yeah we'll watch that thank you angela now otherwise oh, okay. yeah now we've also got barbara lim Hello, Barbara. We've had a lot from Barbara, who says, that sounded awful, we've had a lot from Barbara, like loads of trouble. I mean, we've had loads of ace stuff from Barbara. It's just the way I said it then. We've had a lot from Barbara. I'm going to get a restraining on. No, she's great. She said about, you know, we, we had the peanut butter. She says she can only eat peanut butter with from a spoon with butter. And she's and I was like, what? With butter? Are you supposed to have butter on it too? And she's like, yeah, I'm supposed to have butter with peanut butter as well. Is this a thing, Jen? I never say never, but I, I, I've never heard of eating peanut butter and butter. Yeah, like that, especially by this. I'm going to try it. Well, we'll I'm gonna like try Barbara, it. We're trying it now. Barbara also says, with regard to Linda and Selwyn, the baby hot water bottle, etc. The bottle was filled hours before the baby was born. Surely it would have cooled at least a bit. Apparently, well, oh, thank goodness, good point. it would have scalded that baby. Well, that's exactly. Good, so that explains that away. That's so, a thank good you very point. much, Barbara. Yeah. And we, yeah. we don't want to restrain you, right? Is she great? I just uh, I think I'm just tired. And I just Did said it really weirdly. Just <laughs> do a little bit of butter on the spoon and then the peanut butter. I 
think so, yeah. Because she didn't mention any bread or anything. She's like, literally no, no, no. Just... I said, I sent another comment on Facebook. I was like, what, on bread? And she was like, yeah. Oh, so you oh, like on bread. So you like butter yeah, but the no, bread she does it. She doesn't, she doesn't like it with bread. She likes it on a spoon you, like you do. So try it. Basically, we're all going to try it. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to do it I on mean... the party, but we've done it now. <laughs> right, ladies? Yes. So next week, we are recording Series 7, Episode Five. So, if you would like to watch it and then listen to our podcast, that would be fantastic. I've said it again, fantastic. Where's that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so right. much for listening. In the meantime, follow us all on social media: midwife at gmail.com threads, Instagram, X, you know Facebook. it all. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Have a Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.